0: Hi, I'm Mo Crum,
1: and I'm Harrison Crum,
0: and we're the Crummy Marathoners.
1: This podcast is for beginners by beginners.
0: If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon, or are in the process, this is for you.
1: We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies we'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned.
0: If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode,
1: we discuss running into the new year and overcoming obstacles. For the first time ever, you'll hear from two guests, Meg Kremins and Morgan Woodman, as they discuss training for a marathon with autoimmune diseases.
0: Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of...
1: The Marathon Training for Beginners podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us in this new year. It is 2021.
0: Isn't it crazy that we started this last year in 2020?
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So we've been going since February of 2020. Yeah. It's almost one year.
0: It's exciting. It's, it's, It's renewing.
1: That's right. And with this renewed energy, we want to talk about the fact that it's a new year. It's time for New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. And what are you going to do this year to up your running game? Are you going to run a half marathon? Are you going to sign up for that race that you've been wanting to do for years and years? You know, Mo and I talk to people all the time who say, oh, I've just had on my bucket list for so long to run a marathon or to run a half marathon. Mm -hmm. So what's stopping you from doing it this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, we all have each other's backs, and I think that we can do anything as long as we do it together. That's so. right.
1: And, and just know that you have Mo and I, you have the Crummy Marathoners, but you have the whole community behind you.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, our race was canceled. So I think, was it the last episode I announced that I was doing my full? Yeah. Okay, hey, woohoo. That's yeah, been a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. In other news, we've almost finished our kitchen. So yeah, you'd be back to the, the point of the story. So I had signed up to do a full marathon, which was supposed to be scheduled for February. And then it was canceled, obviously due to COVID. And so I. Was a, I was a little bummed about it, but I'm turning lemons into lemonade because I'm realizing that I can actually have more time to train. That's right. So our next marathon or my first full marathon and first in-person marathon is going to be in Nashville.
1: Yeah, Nashville, April 25th, I believe it is. And if anybody out there is going, send us a message. Maybe <laughs> we can meet up before the race. That'd be so cool. But we booked our flight. So if this one gets canceled, we're going to be really bummed.
0: Yeah. But yeah. hey, if it does. We're making lemon, lemonade out of we're lemons. Making,
1: when life hands us lemons, we make beef stew. What's that from? The office? No. I'm mean, a good guess though. Andy Milanakis.
0: I don't watch any Andy Milanakis listeners out there.
1: That, or no. watchers. I don't think it's an old MTV show. From, Except
0: if your brothers ever listen to this, oh yeah. they'd be like, oh, They
1: They don't listen to it. I know. So, well, we want to do a, a shout out. This is from Erica Rogers, and she sent us an awesome voice recording. So, we're going to play that right here.
2: Hey there, crummies. This is Erica here from New Jersey. I listened to your podcast on Stitcher and can't leave reviews there, but wanted to say that I love your podcast. I don't consider myself a beginner. I started running 10 years ago in my mid-20s to break that college drinking lifestyle. I had no athletic experience, but I found running gave me a sense of purpose I hadn't had, and it works better than anxiety or depression meds for me. After increasing my distance up to the marathon, I joined a local running club and started seeing faster paces when I was running with different people, learning intervals, recovery, things I hadn't been doing. I thought I was at my fittest, but I wasn't focusing on strength work and ended up pulling my hamstring. Injury came at the right time, though, as I had started noticing I was getting down on myself when I didn't meet arbitrary finish times, and that was hindering both my progress and my joy for the sport. Learning from more talented runners was important, and I learned a lot from them, but it had a mental downside. I was getting stuck comparing my ability to their faster finishes and losing sight of my why. This is when I broke up with them, and I discovered Ragnar relays, which I recommend you look into when races come back. Especially if you like to travel like Mo, you can find Ragnars all over the country. I even went to Hawaii once with my best friend to do one, and a couple I think are international. Each person ended up running about an equivalent of about a half marathon, and paces vary even within teams, but there's no comparison, just teamwork. I've run on teams with runner paces varying from 6 to 12 minutes, and I'm normally in the double-digit range myself, but I leave having made new friends and knowing I was a valuable team member that completed something together. I've run halves and full marathons and even dabbled in obstacle course racing, but Ragnar is what reminded me why I fell in love with running. It gives me a deep gratitude for what my body is able to do. It's also motivated me to find consistency and strength work so that I can run for life, especially as I get older. I hope to run well into old age. I know I have untapped potential. I still have goals and may hire a coach, but knowing why I run is key. The journey brings happiness, not the finish line. Don't lose your beginner love, you guys. It's contagious. Like you, I find so many running podcasts have elite guests or those who tried running one day and just discovered some hidden talent. And while I love following some of those incredible athletes, it could be hard to relate sometimes. I love hearing from everyday runners like me chasing goals while managing jobs, families. So when I stumbled upon your podcast, I was hooked. Keep the episodes coming. I listen to them while running and have loved everyone so far. Oh, and Harrison, you can totally qualify for Boston. Just train smart.
1: Well, thanks, Erica. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you so much.
1: We loved hearing that. All right, so we want to do a giveaway this week and we'll announce the winners on our next episode. But the sponsor for this giveaway is called Sprints. And Sprints is a fun running hat company. They put all sorts of silly designs on running hats. I personally have the donut hat, so it's got a bunch of colorful donuts all over it.
0: It's so cute.
1: I get lots of nods from runners as I'm going up and down the canals here. Mm. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they sent us a $25 online gift card. So if you're international, you can finally participate in this giveaway. Woohoo! So anyone can do this one. Just send us a note either on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners, or you can send us a note on our website and you just need the code word. And the code word is sprints.
0: Sprints.
1: So send us sprints. And uh, that's S P R I N T S. We'll compile all the entries, and we'll pick a random winner, and we'll announce that on the next episode. But the cutoff is going to be on Sunday, the seventeenth of January, twenty twenty-one, at eleven fifty-nine p.m. Pacific Standard Time.
0: And just a side note, the hats are amazing. Oh yeah, like they're really light. I feel like the f- the material.
1: It's it's the perfect running material and yeah they're lightweight they're breathable they're really nice
0: and they're so cute with the little donuts
1: yeah so mine have donuts but there's ones with pickles and there's ones with dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) and uh pigs or different random things but um if you want to go to their website and check them out get sprints.com and uh yeah check out their hats but thanks so much sprints for sponsoring this week's giveaway
0: yes thank you thank you and You know, if you happen to win the giveaway, you'll have fresh new gear for a fresh new year. And, you know, with the new year, it comes a fresh start. And I think it's never easy to set like these huge goals and achieve all of them. But I mean, for us, we likely drag our feet, especially because, you know, life happens and there's obstacles. But no matter what you're doing, whether it's a goal to eat healthier, run a marathon, or even just get out of bed, we're really excited that you're here with us today because we're all trying to do the best we can to accomplish any goals that we have set. And so our next two interviews, yes, two.
1: Two. We've never done this before.
0: Uh-uh, are amazing and inspirational.
1: Yeah, you're going to hear from two recent marathoners, uh, both of which we kind of found through the community through Instagram. Um, but they've overcome some really difficult autoimmune diseases and have figured out a way to train for a marathon, um, even even with these challenges. And so, without giving away too much, here is our first guest. Her name is Megan Cremens, and I'll let her introduce herself. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're here with Megan Crummins. And Megan is amazing. I've been following her Instagram and I'll let her introduce herself, but she just completed her first marathon. So Megan, thank you for joining.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: All right. So now you get to live the life of a podcaster. Yes. Um, (laughs) So can you explain a little bit about what it is that you, I don't want to say the word suffer from, that sounds <laughs> depressing. How, how do you word it?
3: Yeah, so um, I I guess I've never really thought about how to word it, but uh, we could say suffer from, but it's not, you're right, it's not quite a suffering. Um, I am a type 1 diabetic, um, so I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was five years old. And type 1 diabetes, it's a rare autoimmune disease that affects I wish I had more numbers. I actually don't have any numbers in front of me, but it's about, um, it's not a lot of people. Um, and people are very familiar with type two diabetes. That's the more prevalent one. About 90% of diabetics have type two. Um, but type one is the autoimmune disease, um, that affects the pancreas. So I don't produce insulin.
1: Okay. So type two diabetics and and forgive me, everybody listening for not (laughs) knowing my medical background, but, um, can you explain the difference between the two?
3: Yeah. So type two diabetes, um, it's more of a, uh, it's induced by both genetics and lifestyle. So, uh, sometimes more of one than the other. Again, I'm not a doctor either. I just know what I know about it. Um, so that's where your insulin production and your pancreas is just overused. Okay. Um, whereas in type one diabetes, There's some type of autoimmune reaction in your body where the pancreas actually attacks itself, the beta cells in the pancreas, and then your pancreas no longer produces insulin. So one is an insulin resistance, that's type two. It's like the insulin isn't used effectively in your body, whereas type one is just you don't create any.
1: Okay. And so I would assume type one needs to be managed more closely?
3: Um. sometimes, uh, I would say type one is usually more severe, more quickly. Um, again, I'm not a doctor, so no one take this verbatim, (laughs) Right. but, um, type two, um, sometimes you can go on more oral medications. You don't have to give injections right away, but type two can advance to a place where you do need to, um, have the level of care that a type one uses as well.
1: Okay. But the difference is one, you're kind of born with the other one, it can kind of develop through genetics or through, let's say, unhealthy living. Correct. Did I get that yes. right? Okay, perfect. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about growing up? Did you ever consider yourself an athlete? Were you involved in athletics at all?
3: So I I feel like I was very blessed and I know other people would have other opinions, but I felt very blessed that I was diagnosed young because I don't really know a life without it. Right. So I never really felt held back by anything. I was, you know, I was very active. I loved sports. Um, I played field hockey and lacrosse in in high school. And when I got to college, I was like, I miss being active. I miss having that competitive spirit. So I started running half marathons. Um, So on the activity side, I've really never let it slow me down. Um, It does take an extra level of mindfulness and an extra level of preparation um definitely to get it right and there are definitely some scary times when your blood sugar drops too low or too high. Yeah. Um and but again like I've I've really never let it stop me from doing any of those things.
1: Wow. Okay, so living a completely normal life of course just taking in the the insulin. How do you mm-hmm. take that in?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Um, So there's uh, several ways. uh, I, for most of my young adult life, uh, teenage life, I use um, insulin injections. So just like a syringe with a bottle of insulin and you inject yourself every time you eat and then a few other times throughout the day. Uh, But now, and I was on this when I was much younger, but I had a bit of a rebellious phase in my teen years and did not want to gadget on me. Um, Now I do wear the insulin pump again. So that's, if you know anything about type one diabetes, you've probably seen people wear just like a little plastic thing on your body that uh, injects the insulin.
1: Gotcha. So this is going to sound so naive, but does it have a needle (laughs) like built into it?
3: Yeah. So it's actually, um, it's a good question. Cause you would never know unless yeah. you actually put it in. Um, so it's actually, so a needle inserts and it inserts a little plastic cannula and there are other versions that have like kind of steel cannulas, but mine is a plastic one. So that stays in me for about three days with adhesive around it. Um, and then you change it every three days and just move it wow. to a new location so that that spot doesn't get overused. Is it painful? No.
1: (laughs) It feels like not for you because you're super tough, (laughs) but for the average for me, would it be painful? No, it's
3: funny. It's it literally just feels like somebody is like you know, like that little if somebody like pinched a rubber band on you. It kind of feels like that, but very minor. That would even be more than it feels like. It's very, very small.
1: Okay. So you put that on and I'm assuming cause you run a lot, you, mm-hmm. you get sweaty and, and, that, and you can shower with it and all that kind of stuff.
3: Yep. It is completely waterproof. The one that I wear, it's actually like a tubeless one. So huh. you'll see some, they have like a little bit of a curly tube at the end that connects to the actual thing that gives you the insulin. Mine is the tubeless one, which I love for running and it just, yeah, it stays on for three days. Sometimes The adhesive gets a bit gnarly after those long runs, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, there's some really incredible companies as well that create like patches that can go over it for more athletic uses. And so,
1: wow. Okay. So that kind of does all the, the heavy lifting. Do you have to tell it (laughs) what to do or does it know what to do?
3: Oh no, you still have to tell it. It's still a very, very, very hands-on disease. Um, the technology makes it easier. Um, and it makes it a little bit more convenient, but there's still a lot of, um, you know, manual calculations and counting carbs and all of that, that goes into it.
1: Gotcha. If you were to go on a run, how does that impact your blood sugar? How does that impact what you're going to do with this device? Do you have to pump some insulin before the run, after the run, during, how does that all work?
3: Yeah. So insulin um, essentially what it does is it takes the glucose from your blood and brings it to wherever it needs to go. So let's say muscles, let's just look on a small scope. So um, insulin brings that glucose into the muscle to be able to be used for energy. So when I go on a run, your body gets more effective at doing that. It's basically like your muscles are like calling out, like we need more glucose, we need more glucose. So the insulin becomes more effective at bringing the glucose into the muscle. And when that happens, your blood sugar drops because less sugar is in that blood. So that's a way to think of it. So, and that happens with everyone. That's not just with diabetics, but diabetics, type one diabetics, what happens is that because we manually inject our insulin, our body doesn't have that way of saying, turn off the insulin. Hmm. So we have to kind of prepare by either eating a snack before you go for a run or lowering the insulin that you give yourself before the run. So it does take some calculation. It definitely takes some trial and error to get right. And especially on longer runs, anything over an hour, like I have to stop my insulin about an hour in advance so that my body can kind of build up a little bit of sugar in its blood to be used when I go on that run.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> so it just adds a whole new layer that most people oh, yeah. have to think about. Oh yeah, and and I think a lot of people would probably be discouraged by that, especially people um, mm-hmm. who do have diabetes. How have you been able to keep yourself from letting that stop you?
3: That's a great question because I, I and it's funny I, I do talk to a lot of people. I'm very active in the type one diabetic online yeah. community, so I, I talk to a lot of people. And um, who say like, oh my gosh, this is so cool that you that you don't let going low stop you from going on a run. Yeah, and I just like think if it's important enough to you, if it's something that you want to do enough, you'll find a way to do it. Right, and and seeing that it's possible, like I've seen other people run marathons and ultra marathons and all these things with type one. So I look at those people. Gotcha. And I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: and yeah.
1: Well, that's that's the mindset of a marathoner, right? Every mm-hmm. person who's ever run a marathon has had that thought. Hey, if he can, yeah. he or she can do it. I can do it too. Like, so I love that you're being that role model in in the community that you're a part of, mm-hmm. um, so that others can see that. Hey, this doesn't have to be debilitating. This is something that you can really work through. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're proof of that. That's that's so amazing and so inspiring. Well, thank you. So. What advice then do you have for people who are going through either an autoimmune disease that like what you have, or it could be some other type of challenge, right? But talking to you, you have the strength you've had this since you were five. You don't know any different, you know, this is kind of the life that you live. And you're naturally, it sounds like just a a very motivated person. But (laughs) for someone who might not be, you know, do you have any advice for them?
3: Yeah, I would say it really comes down to like finding... It's like, I know this is so cheesy and I, I feel like this is so oversaid these days, but it's like finding your why, like what in your life, that like the, the goal for you may not be the pride of finishing a marathon and that's okay. But is it that you want to be able to be a role model for your kids to look up to? Is it that you want to be able to feel healthier in your body? There's so many like whys that go beyond just like crossing that finish line. Some people are motivated by that. And that's awesome. Yeah. I'm probably one of those people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for those people who do need a little bit of a deeper why and, and also like on mile like 20 of a race for me, I need a why. like that marathon does that finish line is not very motivating at mile 20
1: (laughs) for, for all of us, not just for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You're
3: like, God, like, why am I even doing this? And it's, I think it's about going back to that. Like, you know, who can I inspire and who can I, who can I get to do something great? And then it's also a ripple into every other aspect of your life. I would say when I, when coronavirus hit, And I was signed up for this marathon and it was still going on at this point. Like the marathon, nobody really knew it was happening yet. Is it, it gave me that structure. It kind of like gave me that purpose in my life to keep moving forward, to keep putting one foot in front of the other, literally and figuratively.
1: Well, and a few people I've talked to who have overcome challenges with autoimmune diseases, it it's been about proving to really the universe that, that they have control over their health, not the mm-hmm. disease. Right. Mm-hmm. And have you ever felt that way?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I, I've definitely, and I've been lucky that I don't hear these stories a lot, but I, I know a lot of my friends, they've had people say like, Oh, you're a type one diabetic. You probably shouldn't do that. Or, yeah, you know, even people say like, Oh, are you sure you should be, you should be running out here right now? Like, you know, and, and I think there is a little bit of that, like, prove it to the world. Um, but I, and I think that can, that's kind of an external motivation that can get you so far, but it's also proving it to yourself. I think that that's a lot more powerful to just say like, yeah, I can handle anything. Yeah. (laughs) I'm unstoppable. Yeah.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about your journey to a marathon. So how did that Mm -hmm. idea come about? You know, did you just see somebody do that in, in the community or did you just, did it pop into your head one day?
3: Yeah. So I, so like I said, I was very, very active um, in sports when I was in high school. And when I got to college, I was like fe- so fearful of that freshman 15. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I immediately started training for a half marathon and gotcha. I kind of fell in love with running and, and I joined a running group. I, I was in Boston, still am in Boston, but I uh, hey, was my first where, year there. Yeah.
1: where did you go to school?
3: Uh, Northeastern.
1: Nice. Okay. My wife and I lived in the Boston area. I went to Babson. She went to Boston university. Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So (laughs) uh, there's a big running culture up here for sure. Um, And so I got really involved with that and you know, when you're showing up, so I, I did this running group called the November project. I don't know if you've ever heard of it No. and definitely check them out. It's a cool group of people and um, they're all over the U S and so I got really involved with them, and everyone there has done a marathon. <laughs> yeah.
4: <Wow. laughs> like in that okay. running
3: group, it's like yeah. everyone does it. It's every weekend someone's doing a race or something. So I got really inspired just being in that kind of tribe where that was just what you did. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I can do this. And um, I actually started training for one back in 2014. Okay. And I way overtrained and did not
1: make it. Gotcha. to the starting line. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, um, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up though. Cause that yeah. does happen.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I made it to my 18 mile run and I went on crutches after that just oh, for a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after that I was, I kind of had in my head like, Oh, maybe a marathon's not even, no, it's not for me. It's not for me. And, um, in 2020 came around and I was like, you know what? I think I wanted to, this is my year. I'm going to do a marathon this year. So I signed up. A friend was doing the Chicago marathon. I was like, sign me up with you. <laughs> um, so we um, we went into that and then obviously COVID hit and I was like, well, I have nothing else to do. The marathon got canceled. I was like, I'm just going to keep going. So um, I ended up, it, it wasn't an official marathon, unfortunately, but um, I did do the 26.2 and had my family be my cheer squad and everything like that. So
1: yeah, my journey
3: to it definitely had a few bumps, uh, way early on years before I even knew that I was going to be doing this. But, um, I think that kind of gave me that motivation in the end. Like I failed at this before, but that doesn't mean I can't do it.
1: Well, no, that's awesome. And and I'm always so fascinated by the stories people have about what motivated them to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it was the passing of my mother, um, mm-hmm. for, for you, it, it was, you know, you, you were in a community where that was kind of the norm and, and mm-hmm. everybody has a different story and a different reason. And, um, and there's so many layers to it too, because it's not just the, the big reason that you tell everybody, there's so many reasons below the surface, right. That you mm-hmm. kind of keep to oh, yourself. For sure. And, um, I really appreciate you explaining all that. And I, and I was curious too, if if you could explain the training process, given your circumstance, if Mm -hmm. you felt it was different at all for you, um, or did you kind of just follow a normal plan and, and it would have been the same as if you didn't have type one diabetes?
3: Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, speaking to anyone who does have type one and is looking to run one, you definitely have to know how your blood sugar reacts on like a five mile run. I would say that's about the base. Um, you have to go into it knowing somewhat about how exercise affects your blood sugar. Um, so that was a little bit of a layer, but as a very active person, um, I already kind of had that background. So I was a little bit of a step ahead in terms of the type one diabetes where I knew exactly what a four or five, six, seven mile run was going to do to me. Okay. Um, so that being said, when I was choosing my training plan, um, there wasn't a lot of type one, Thought that went into it. Actually, funny enough, I actually did follow a plan from another Type One runner, but it just was by happenstance. Um, and yeah, so so the the plan, I would say, if I hadn't already had that base of that base knowledge of how to do a longer run, you know, anything over ninety minutes, I think is is when you kind of get into the place where you kind of have to readjust insulin adjustments and things like that, yeah. because you're out there for so long, but anything before that, like you kind of learn as you go. And right. I think that's the point of training is to teach your body. But with type one, you're also learning how your insulin is going to react in each of these scenarios.
1: Yeah. Well, f- fueling the fueling strategy to run a marathon is hard enough without mm-hmm. diabetes. Um, yeah. for me, you know, and I tell everybody who asks me, how do I feel? What do I take? And I always tell them it is completely trial and error because your mm-hmm. body's going to react different. And, and then for you, you've got that extra layer. So I'm really glad that you shared that. And I'm sure there's people out there listening who have type one diabetes and, and they're probably going to have questions. Do you have a platform or a place where you recommend they could go, or maybe they could follow you on social media?
3: Yeah, definitely check out my Instagram account. So it's, um, at beats and beats be the first beats is B E E T S and spelled out. And then B E T E S. Um, DM me. I answer everything that's in my DMs and and love, 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 love helping people, especially with running in type one.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love how passionate you are about helping people. Uh, that's what we're here to do as well. And, and it's so fun to be with like-minded people who are just so passionate about helping others better themselves because we've been able to better ourselves. And I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, Stay in touch, and we'll talk to you soon.
3: I loved being on. It was great to talk to you.
0: Wow, that was amazing. I I love so much, but I really like what she said about how 2020 is my year. And I think that we can all say that 2021 is my year.
1: Yeah. 2021 is our year. We can all get together and overcome whatever obstacle that is is challenging us to get to that next level. You know, for me, she inspired me to stop making excuses mm-hmm. and get after my goals despite my weak points, you know. Uh, it's no secret to everybody here that I've got a goal of one day running Boston. And you know, I know it's going to take a few years, maybe a lot of years to get there, but the only way you can get that done is start to shave some time off your marathon. And for me that's my goal, but maybe your goal is to run your first 10k to run your first half marathon you know so she she really inspired me to to just stop making those excuses
0: yeah it's i don't know it's so cool to be able to interview people like Megan and now our next interview, Morgan. Yeah, Morgan is so awesome. Yeah, and we're excited for you to hear this interview because Morgan in 2020 suffered some extreme setbacks with her health, but she found a way to complete her first marathon.
1: Yep, and we talked all about it. So I don't wanna give that one away either. So here we go. We're gonna play the interview with Morgan Woodman. So you live in Hopkinton, you told me, right? Yes. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I used to live in the Boston area. Um, I was in uh, a little town called Shrewsbury. Have you ever heard of it?
4: Yes, yes, of course.
1: So do you live there currently? Or are you living kind of uh, out closer to work in... Um, you work in...
4: Yeah, I work in Providence. Um, It's, it's not that far. It's only like a 30-minute commute. So I just stay there.
1: Okay, gotcha. Cool. So, um, So where did you go to college?
4: Um, I went to Roger Williams, which is also in Rhode Island in Bristol.
1: Oh, right on. Okay. And how far is Bristol from Providence?
4: Um, Probably like 20, 20 minutes. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Sorry. You studied what?
4: I studied biology and chemistry.
1: That's right. Okay. Biology and chemistry. And that's led you to a pretty interesting career path. Can you share a little bit about that?
4: Um, Yeah, so I'm currently researching ovarian cancer at Brown University and Women and Infants Hospital, and I manage two laboratories, and so it's a bunch of lab work, Um, we do some mouse work, and we're trying to do molecular therapies and a bunch of different scientific...
1: (laughs) Wow, wow, yeah. And so is that something where you will kind of pursue a graduate degree or a PhD kind of thing, or is this just simply work for you?
4: Um, No, I definitely like to go on and continue um, either to get my PhD or my MD. Oh, cool. Which, which way we'll go. But yeah, I just wanted to get some extra experience and kind of boost my knowledge and my background before applying. So,
1: yeah, Awesome. So um, I want to jump right in and, and talk about your story because when I heard about it, I was really inspired. And, and so if you could tell us kind of going back to the beginning, where did your running journey start?
4: Um, so my running journey started, I've always been active in running as a kid. I did soccer and basketball. I did track in high school, but I was only a sprinter and in Like throughout my whole childhood, I ran 5Ks with my dad every year. So that was kind of like my distance. I never ran more than that. And my running journey long distance started pretty recently. It has been less than a year since I started going to do my first half marathon and then my full marathon. And it kind of stemmed from um, some gastrointestinal problems that I was having. And running made me feel better and I just love being able to push myself and it felt good to have control over something and sense of accomplishment.
1: Wow. So, so you're saying that you had these um, gastrointestinal issues and running made you feel better. What, what specific issues uh, were you? I mean, you don't have to share (laughs) specific issues, but like, so what, what kind of um, what kind of issues were you having?
4: Yeah. So I ended, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease and, um, a secondary mast cell, um, syndrome. And so basically symptoms like you're really fatigued, you have severe inflammation in your, um, intestines and you can release like bloating, vomiting, just really uncomfortable. And a lot of people do say that running irritates the digestive tract when they're going, cause you're bending over. It's a lot of muscle work, yeah. but for I I had a lot of problems like getting my um, digestive system to flow smoothly. So running kind of kickstarted that and the whole extra blood flow to my system, the enzymes, I think it made it like speed up my metabolism and just it made me feel better physically that way. Like it reduced my bloating and I felt like I could actually digest my food. Wow. The, yeah. Yeah. I think, but most importantly, I think it also reduces stress for me because I was always so stressed about like being sick or like things I had to do in life and if it was going to affect it. And when you're running, I think, I mean, physiologically it releases endorphins and you like have those natural pain relievers and also moods like enhancers. So I just yeah. felt physically and mentally refreshed. And I think that that was a huge thing that helped me.
1: So what is Crohn's? It sounds like it's like a inflammation in, in the intestines, but is that all it is, or are there other aspects of it?
4: There's definitely other aspects. So Crohn's disease is among a group of diseases called inflammatory bowel diseases, and um, it can affect any part of the gastrointestinal tract, but also parts outside, um, anywhere from the top, your mouth, all the way down to your butt. So um like joint pain, it can affect. You can get like mouth ulcers. You can get stuff in your esophagus. It can really affect any part of your system by having extra. Okay,
1: interesting. <laughs> and so, how do you treat it? I mean, for you, it sounds like running has been making a big difference. But how do you treat it normally?
4: Um, there's a bunch of different medications that um, people try. Some work better for others. Um, I get infusions every four weeks of medicine um, that helps combat that. It's, they're like immunosuppressants and because Crohn's is actually like your immune system is overactive and that medicine helps, um, tame it.
1: Interesting. How many different medications would you say you're taking like at any given time?
4: I think my whole treatment plan currently I'm taking 22 medications. Wow.
1: That's, that's hard for a lot of people to, to fathom who don't have to take any medications. And so taking all of that and then getting out and going for a run, like it just seems like it would be to the average person impossible. (laughs) So how do you find, (laughs) how do you find the strength, the motivation to, to overcome all of that?
4: Yeah, it it definitely is a lot. And for me too, like I had never been sick before this, so it was also new to me. And I think that the motivation is that I just, I want to feel good and I think running specifically, I feel like I have so much control, like I can decide where I want to run, when I want to run, like how fast or slow I go. And when it comes to gastrointestinal diseases or any illness, really, you you don't have a say what goes on with your body and it can prevent you from doing a lot of things that you wouldn't normally do. So I think that running helps me kind of, it helps me overcome it. I feel motivated. I go out the farther I go. I say, wow, I can really do this, or if I can't, it helps me learn to listen to my body and decide, you know, if you need to pack up and go home, it's it's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like what you said about uh, it being something that you can, um, can control, because one of Mo's best friends um, I know has been on the podcast uh, in one of the early episodes and has talked about uh, something that sounds pretty similar, um, and I don't know exactly what she has, but um, she, she actually used the same exact words that um, running or, or exercising specifically is something she can control when there's so much in her uh, health that she cannot control. And so I think that's really powerful. And, and you, you probably have to watch what you eat. It sounds like you have foods that, that are restricted. Can you go into that a little bit? So if someone has Crohn's disease, typically, like, what do they need to avoid?
4: Yeah. Um, so it's obviously different for everyone, but like a lot of common things is they don't tolerate dairy well. Um, gluten-free is usually the way to go. Um, there's a specific autoimmune paleo that can be followed. It's it's very similar to regular paleo with a few more restrictions as like not eating nuts because those can be irritating to the GI tract. Okay. For me, oils was a big thing, which a lot of people don't find. It's more like they can't have the butter, but I'm – I can tolerate that better than oil. So it can be really like nitpicky and like vegetables and fruits are also a really hard thing because a lot of them are insoluble fibers and it's hard for them to digest or like yeah. get through the system. So um, actually that's why we, um, my boyfriend and I started a blog because he is a chef.
3: <laughs> oh, he's
4: cool. A, yeah. That's he's the one who helped me because I cried saying the only things that I could eat were rice and Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> And he showed me like a whole new world of recipes. And that's kind of what we like to cater our um, blog to is uploading recipes for different restrictions because there's so yeah. many there and it can be so hard to find different replacements for things.
1: That's so cool. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners will um, be interested in seeing that, especially if anyone out there is listening who has Crohn's or, or something similar. So how can they find your blog?
4: You can either find it through Instagram, which is healthy hits the spot one oh one. Or our blog link would be healthyhitstospot101.food.blog.
1: Awesome. Okay, so anyone listening, if you want some awesome recipes in general, go there. But specifically, if you have a gastrointestinal uh, disorder, then this is the place to go. So um, I want to transition a little bit away from uh, talking about food, as much as I love food, (laughs) um, and, and really dive into your running experience it sounds like long distance has been something new to you, but what was the first official race that you ran?
4: The first official race was a half marathon in October. I had just started new medications and I had done all my schoolwork, like I graduated, so I finally felt free. And I really just wanted to prove to myself that no matter what problems I was having, like, with my um, stomach or anything else, I could overcome that. And I just wanted a new challenge. So that was the first official race that I did.
1: Okay. So October, how did that go?
4: It went really well. I just, go- I didn't know anything about long distance running. So I just Googled a short four week training plan and followed that. And
1: Wait, wait four weeks? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So we're, <laughs> we're doing like a 25 week training plan, zero to a half marathon on our Instagram right now. But I, four weeks—that's that's crazy. So you must have had a pretty good fitness level before that, or no?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, when I would always been like in shape, and then like I like to do—I did CrossFit. I like to do weights, running, that kind of stuff. I never really did distance running, but I kind of lost all of that. Like I wasn't really able to work out a lot when I was going through like my worst players before they diagnosed me. I yeah. was just so weak. So I kind of re- reverted to running because it was. Like I said, you could, I could go slow, I could go fast. But At least I felt like I was doing something good for myself. So gotcha. just go every night and just run and run. And I realized that I was doing more and more laps. So I was like, you know, let's see if I can actually like run a distance.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah. So um, you were able to do that injury-free, I'm assuming?
4: Yeah, um, I, I had a lot of like joint pain at first just because I think it was like Crohn's acting up, like the inflammation in my knees and stuff. But other than that, no, I didn't have any injuries which i really lucked out on
1: nice okay so then you finished that and then what was your next challenge
4: um i decided i definitely wanted to pursue a full marathon so i ended up running one in march and i signed up for it in january on new year's eve
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow so so it's new year's eve and you're sitting there and you're thinking (laughs) um new year's resolution okay run a full marathon this year and then you just like sign up that night
4: (laughs) I did. It was an hour before midnight and I was like, I'm always talking about it. I I just have to do it. If I don't do it and sign up, I'm never going to actually go for it. So yeah. I forced myself to and I'm really glad that I did.
1: That's so cool. And so you signed up for, um, which marathon was it?
4: The Newport marathon.
1: Newport. Okay. Newport, Rhode Island mm-hmm. for everybody. So we live in um, Arizona and, and close to here in California, there's Newport beach. I don't know oh, if you've ever right, heard of that. Right.
4: Yes, I know. So, oh, yeah, Newport, Rhode Island.
1: No, yeah. No, I mean, that's like the OG Newport. <laughs> okay, so, but you couldn't run it because COVID hit and all of that.
4: Yeah, exactly. So well, so I signed up, I started running, and about a month into my training, I started having some side effects from one of the medications that I was taking. And so they took me off of it immediately, and they thought that I might be okay, like it might have done its job, and I'd feel better, like hit remission, but unfortunately it did not help so three days after I stopped taking it I went into probably the worst flare of my life and I was like vomiting like so often throughout the day I couldn't go to work and then I was using the bathroom like 12 times in the day I yeah I couldn't like keep food down like I was so sore I just had to stay like lying in bed and it took six weeks for them to get me a new medication that started working. So I was, was it
1: trial and error at that point. Was it like, okay, we're going to give you this for a little while. See what works. We're going to give you that.
4: Well, the specific medicine that I was taking was really unique. And so they were having trouble finding an exact medicine that would like rep- what it did in the body. Cause I'm also like allergic to a lot of things too. So it was a challenge. It was like kind of like a jigsaw puzzle for them to find something yeah. that would help. And when it, when they did find something, it takes about four to six weeks for it to actually start working in the body. Thankfully it was closer to the, um, shorter side. It didn't take the full six weeks for it to work, but yeah,
1: but you're there trying to train for a marathon. And I know for me, I'm like meticulous. I look at my daily plan. I look at my weekly mileage and if I miss a day, I'm like kicking myself. But for you, you missed what? Like six weeks.
4: Yeah. Close to, it was, I'm the same way. Like I do not like missing my runs. Like I feel so stressed about it. Like, I I like to follow my plan. So this was a huge unexpected thing. I mean, I know that obviously being sick, things come up and like, I would have to miss a run every once in a while, just because I didn't think it was physically smart for me to do it. But this is not what I expected. And I really didn't want to continue running it after that. But my boyfriend, my family, they definitely pushed me to like, you know, who, who cares? You ran it, you're running it for yourself. And I think that that was what I needed to hear because I wasn't going to win it. I never, or even come close to it. That wasn't the goal from the beginning. It was just to achieve something and to be proud of it. And I definitely needed to know that no matter what happens, like it's just a goal for me and my body can do more than I thought it could.
1: Yeah. And that seems to be a common thread among runners is like, why do you put yourself through that? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really powerful that you uh, stuck with it despite going through that because I think a lot of people would have used their disease or or their sickness as a legitimate reason not to follow through with their plans.
4: Thanks I agree yeah I definitely that was kind of my thing I was like well if I do really bad I can just (laughs) tell people that but at the end of the day like it it doesn't even matter you ran a marathon or a half marathon no matter like you did it, and that 's something you should be proud of,
1: yeah, and so I guess what what advice do you have for people who might have a disease or they might have some kind of physical challenge that you know might hinder their ability to to run or at least run quickly like what What advice do you have to to people facing those challenges?
4: I think the most important thing you can do is have a positive mindset and you have to just remember that to be your own best advocate, like one of the most important relationships in your life is with yourself. So like, don't be mad if you like, don't be mad at the world or mad at yourself. If you are sick or you have a challenge, just think of ways that you can try to push yourself to overcome it. And I think that it's going to have you feeling so much better at the end because I mean, there's just so many things that you can do even if you think you can't, like you really just need to, say you can and you will.
1: Yeah, the mind is super powerful. And even though um, the world tells us or our, our bodies feel like, hey, this is a hard thing, I think we'll all surprise ourselves regardless of what we're going through, right?
4: I agree. And I think even you've even experienced that, like running a race, um, like you, your mental state really helps. If like you just think that you can't do it and you're just gonna drag your wagon. If you start thinking positive and just really like, like you can do it, like I think of talking to yourself, that definitely Will help push you.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think, um, just from my own marathon experience, getting to like mile 20 or 21, I just, I felt completely tapped out. Like there, there wasn't any way I could finish. And, and it did cross my mind, like these last four miles or so, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. And what a shame, you know, but obviously I did. And I think our mind is, or our body has a lot more in it than, than sometimes our mind gives it credit for.
4: I definitely agree. And the last six miles were so hard for me too. I felt like they were longer than the first 20.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like everybody goes through that. And well, for you though. So for me, I think it was uh, a fueling issue and a hydration issue, but for you, like that there's probably additional challenges that present themselves when it comes to what you can take on your runs. Right?
4: Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't try any of the gels just because I was afraid of like if it would make me sick, especially how sensitive I was coming out of that six week recovery. So I just made sure I had a lot of water and fueled myself with other things that I knew were okay. But that's definitely a huge extra thing. I think for people who have an illness, like you need to make sure that you're prepared. I mean, obviously in any run practice, like on the run, nutrition and hydration.
1: What worked for you as far as taking in fuel?
4: I tried these honey stinger brand gummies that or like helped with energy. It's like a more natural sugar. Yeah. I, and that was well with my stomach. And then I also had, sorry if I butchered this pronunciation, Um, Lara bars. Like, oh, no, yeah. Yeah. I had, Um, I like the chocolate peanut butter ones, but I actually. Oh, they're just they're, so good. Yeah. They're not energy boosting one, I don't think, but they helped me. Like as soon as I ate it, like I could like you feel the extra Power, and that's something that like was good for my stomach and I was able to keep that down. So obviously I'm sure it's different for other people. Yeah,
1: I, I'm curious about the Larabars because uh, we we interviewed, her name is Callie Vinson and she is an ultra runner mm-hmm. and she she eats Larabars on her long runs. Um, but I guess my, my curiosity comes from, those are primarily made of cashews and nuts. And so that didn't give you any issues at all?
4: Surprisingly not. No, that's like one thing that like, like I used to struggle with was eating nuts. And then I started trying them again with my new medicines. And I was able to tolerate them really well. And they like, hmm. kept me like feeling
1: like full and good. So I think I'll try a Lara Bar on my next run. And see how that goes.
4: <laughs> you should you should the chocolate peanut butter one.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's the only one I'll eat. The plain ones I just I can't handle. So um, with COVID and everything going on, does your gastrointestinal disorder uh, put you kind of in the high risk category?
4: Yeah, definitely, because um, the medications I'm taking, I'm immunocompromised, so I have to be extra careful because my immune system won't be able to fight it off as well, so I've been staying inside pretty much. I think I went to the grocery store once since February.
1: Wow, and you've been stuck inside since?
4: Yeah, because I was working from home too, and I I was just so, like, especially since it all happened, like as soon as I started recovering from that flare, then the whole pandemic occurred, and I was very fragile so I made sure I stayed inside and tried to protect myself
1: yeah well I and I'm sure you look forward to the day where we can all go out again and and uh, do an actual race with people and a crowd yes. and so what do you think your next race will be
4: I don't know I I really want to do Boston I grew up um, in Hopkinton where it started and I think that that's always been my ultimate goal and I don't know if it'll be my next one but I think anyone that we're allowed to have spectators and a real finish and start line would be, would be my next goal.
1: Does running a virtual marathon motivate you to get out and do uh, a non-virtual, so an actual race with people because you didn't get to have that experience?
4: Yes, definitely. I really think that the camaraderie of like everyone running with you and, um, Again, sometimes if you see someone like looks like they're struggling, like the running community is so supportive. You're always like, oh, like you can do it, like, come on. Like, I like having all that extra support and like different scenery. And it's so rewarding to cross a finish line. And I think I would I would definitely like that aspect of it.
1: Yeah. Well, when that day comes, send us a picture and share it with us because we'd love to follow your journey.
4: Of course. Thank you.
1: Well, we appreciate your time today. It's really great talking to you and learning more about your story. And I know so many people listening will be so inspired by what you've overcome and what you've been able to achieve. And so, yeah, I just want to thank you for that.
4: Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Morgan. As we said before this started, she is so amazing and just overcoming her autoimmune disease, I just can't even imagine having that extra layer of, of difficulty to, to training for a marathon.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think both Megan and Morgan are great examples to us of how you can set your mind to something and with perseverance, dedication, you can achieve anything.
1: You know what I love about them? Hmm. They're both from Boston.
0: Ah, yes, yes, yes. I was waiting for you to say that.
1: <laughs> yep. Pretty awesome.
0: Oh. One day we'll go to Boston. We'll come back and visit and we'll we'll meet both Megan and Morgan. That's right. So cool. Um. Anyway, so thanks everyone for listening. We are excited to be back in the new year. We have so many incredible interviews just like Megan and Morgan's in the pipeline. And we can't wait for you to hear them. And we're also excited to share some things that we have personally going on. So it's going to be a great year, 2021.
1: Let's make this our year, everybody.
0: We're all in this together. See you next week. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy
1: Marathoners.
0: We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five star review so more people can join this friendly journey with us.
1: Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.